Probably. Speaking of speaking of movies that deserve to win all of the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh the you mean there will be duds, right? Cuz that's what the show is that we're introing now. Yeah, um, the introduction. I'm trying to think of a way to I don't know. We I'm are we are the academy today. of yeah. <laughs> movie podcasts. That's a, that's what we should do for like our anniversary maybe during the Oscar. We should do we should do like a duds Oscars where we just out of we nominate like all the movies that we've done. Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. And then you know we do like best, I don't know, we'll, best screenplay, we'll best all, director. We'll like, all wear tuxedos and like yeah. <laughs> and we'll be like the nominees for uh, best director are <laughs> we, uh, Milos Forman for Amadeus. Yeah, and yeah. Lawrence Gooderman for Son of the Mask. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like who's gonna win and the and the winner for biggest piece of shit director goes to michael, michael goy michael goy for megan is yeah. missing yeah we'll have to have special like lifetime achievement <laughs> awards for people like michael goy <laughs> and then i, I like think I, I think you can get them on amazon or but you can order statuettes apparently online Oh, like little, yeah. Yeah. Well, one of my coworkers told me once that uh, he found out that you could order bowling trophies online. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you can get custom, like, you can get, like... Engravings? Yeah. And so, That's sweet. <laughs> he told me that he, he wanted to uh, get the custom engraving on this bowling trophy that... <laughs> It says biggest penis award, <laughs> and then and then he had it all planned out. When the mail carrier showed up, he would like like, oh, what's this? And like, open it in front of the mail carrier, pull it out. And so, and it's like they keep sending me these or something. Like that. That's pretty great. I was like, that's a very good bit. Yeah, <laughs> I almost kind of want to do that for the show. That's good. This one's fun. Yeah. Oh. Um, we Eventually. could do like a, we could do like a multicam setup. We could we could try and make a production out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the? Uh, I guess our our cold open is now bleeding over. Have you heard of the four twenty awards? No. Um. Have you heard of Cool Cat? I should say that. Like Cool, cool Cat saves the kids. Um, no. It's by this dude named Derek Savage. Um. I don't know if you can watch it on YouTube. Uh, oh, it's on Awful Movies I, Wiki. Yeah, I think a lot of his stuff is behind like paywalls or whatever. Um, but he's like this this weird fucking dude. Like he could like he seems like an extra from like Tim and Eric's awesome show. Oh. Um, and he's like created this character called Cool Cat, and like I don't know, he's trying to make him like a like a kid's uh-huh. mascot type. And it's called cool kid. Cool cat saves the kids. Um, and there's one that like, he's been working on for like years and just hasn't released it called cool cat. <sighs> what is it? It's like defends women's rights or something <laughs> like that. Um, but I don't know. You'd really just have to see it or like watch a video. If you can't find them, like watch a video of somebody like uh. talking about it. It might be better to just get like a contextual video about it. But he's very weird. You go to his website and I think it's just DerekSavage.com. Okay. And like depending on where you're at on the website, you can either have links to 
DVDs for his children's movies or links to like his nude modeling that he did back in like the eighties. <laughs> and there's not really like a filter between the two. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, bad boy. The male dancer by Derek Savage, a novel and screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Oh no. <laughs> Sweet Revenge, a story by Derek Savage, and it's just like a city skyline, and then there's just a guy's hand holding a gun. Like, <laughs> oh man, no, I'm looking at this. Oh. This is cool because like I looked it up, and it's there's an awful movies wiki, uh-huh. and I, I just love, I love the shade that they're throwing here because on the cover of Cool Cat Saves the Kids, it says Cool Cat is cooler than Barney the Dinosaur. And that's a quote from Ben Daka, producer. So you know, it seems a little biased. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then yeah. yeah, but then you scroll, you scroll a little bit down on Awful Movies Wiki, and the first little subcategory is why it's not cooler than Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, um, holy shit! Okay, well, this is what I'm doing after the podcast recording. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, cool cat funhouse is the page on YouTube. Oh. Um, and it looks like you can watch, I guess I should have checked this more recently. You can watch a cool cat fights coronavirus. That's on his YouTube. Oh. It's like 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> but anyways, a- another example of this is like on that same page with these, like what are supposed to be like children's movies, I guess. Um, he has the 420 awards which like admittedly it's just you know it's weed it's not like yeah if you're cool you know that weed isn't like that bad but like on a stuff with like kids movies or whatever it's weird to have these things side by side but essentially it's like this this thing he he throws each year on april 20th and it's it's like it's only uh-huh. weed adjacent in basically in name only like there's it's very loosely it's basically just like his own personal movie awards yeah he'll have like award for most badass fight scene goes to whatever right and like and then each year he'll do a best movie of all time but like can't you only really do that once <laughs> like, unless it's, something comes out in the new year it's 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 like uh it's like donkey having super mario brothers 2 be the game of the year every single year oh yeah yeah pretty much although i want to say he has picked different movies that's for the best amazing movie of all time thing although this, you know i guess if he actually gets people to vote on it i don't know i guess then then that would be a different oh. answer this guy is like an eternal 13 year old because all of these things are like this is all stuff that like a 13 year old would think is cool yeah like guns in weed and Mm -hmm. badass movies like i'm looking at i'm like the 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 third annual 420 awards like the favorite kick-ass movie avengers endgame yeah and I'm pretty sure sometimes he'll even like include movies that like might have come out the year before like not even in the same year it'll it's almost like if he forgot to do it the year before or something like that he'll he'll include it in like the next year's 
yeah nominations or whatever. The 420 awards for 2020, the favorite all-time movies are Forrest Gump, Titanic, The Big Lebowski, Platoon, and Back to the Future, <laughs> and, and The Big Lebowski one. It's a well for the 420 uh, okay. awards. It's it's gotta be. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Oh I didn't even man. Think of that. Yeah, all of his his awards for favorite all-time movie are just posters of movies that kids would have in their college dorm room. Yeah. It's like Star yeah. Wars, The Big Lebowski, Scarface. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Better Call um, Saul won Best TV Show. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes the ones that they go to, you're like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board. Um... But it's it's just funny because like he has like a decent following. He gets he I think he does like kick kickstarters or mm-hmm. uh, patreons to like fund a lot of his shorts. But like they're it's it's crazy because it's it, they they all look like they were filmed like in two thousand nine on like DV cams that we used for Ungrateful Dead. Yeah yeah yeah. But like, dude, just just get a new camera. You you have enough money to get get like a DSLR or something. Yeah, it's like yeah, that's like some Neil Breen type shit. It yeah, it's I, I definite like Neil Breen vibes in like a different way, but definite Neil Breen vibes. Oh man, what are you doing, Vivica A. Fox? Oh yeah, her and Eric Estrada are both in a. Um, Why? Cool cat saves the kids. Oh my it's god. It's a. It's a it's a Bruce Willis situation where they're oh, okay. in one scene, they're sitting next to each other and they have a conversation uh-huh. and they're like talking about Cool Cat. Then there's a part that I reference every time I see my cat Bernard <laughs> where Eric Estrada goes, there he is. And that's what I say every time I see my cat. <laughs> oh, man this dude this dude rules i love yeah. this guy already there's just something about those well I'm, i don't know if it's safe to say about him but there's just something about these like f- you know financially well-off dudes that really want to make a movie but have no <laughs> goddamn idea how to do it but they yeah. have they have money to throw at shit and like random connections with celebrities and they're just like well i'm just gonna do it anyway yeah Ugh. I, I, I should mention as much as I am praising him, or his 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 products, I guess. Um, I have heard a lot of like stuff about him being shitty, to, because how I found out about him was through other YouTubers making videos on him, and uh-huh. basically he was like, he was, really gunning to like get their channels deleted for like sh- shitting on his stuff when oh, yeah. like saying that there was like copyright infringement when it's you know it's all like fair use uh-huh. and he would like send them threatening emails and stuff like that and there's also been uh i i don't know it's it's all like tangential information but um mm-hmm. like him basically not following through on some of those kickstarters like that oh, one that i was talking yeah. about it's either it's either like it's either cool cat teaches self-defense or something like that where he's like you know ten thousand dollars and i'll make this and he's just like hasn't made it so 
I I at least wanted to get that out there. I it's still hard for like I'm not gonna say don't watch his stuff because it's pretty funny. I look, I found him great. on Twitter and immediately the first person that I see who was following him is Chris Chan. So that's awesome. That's all that's I needed to see. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but anyways, the, I mean, the whole reason I brought him up was because, like, that was when you were saying, like, we get our own awards and, like, dress up in tuxedos, I thought of the 420 awards. <laughs> I feel like that's the, that's the standard we should set ourselves to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's essentially the same thing. We're, we're awarding all these movies that, like, it's not like any of them are going to know about it or see it or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah anyways, we have a bunch of I'm posthumous keep- awards from the Philadelphia story. <laughs> No one in that cast yeah. is still alive. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's a good one. Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Okay. This is There Will Be Duds. <laughs> I'm your co-host, TJ, a.k.a. J-Spot Jack Cheese, and with me, as always. As always, I'm Nick, a.k.a. Dr. Funk on Twitch. I think we're doing this like 40 minutes into the episode. Yeah. At this point. Well, well maybe like, like I said, this, yeah. this movie deserves it. <laughs> anything um, anything but talking about this movie <laughs> yeah uh and that movie being son of the mask directed by lawrence guterman guterman um guterman down dog yeah <laughs> uh from 2005 uh stars jamie kennedy as a cartoonist who um whose dog finds the titular mask, uh, which was apparently made by the, the Norse god Loki. Um, and uh, in wearing the mask, he fucks his wife and impregnates her. <laughs> and then they have a mask baby. Uh-huh. Uh, and also Loki is looking for the mask. Um, and they try to i don't know it's really weird that that's something i wanted to like the the mask itself is i don't know if i've ever seen a more like blatant MacGuffin. oh yeah the whole movie odin is like loki you need to get that mask back and i don't think a reason is given once you can you can imply you know yeah. oh that's we don't want a tool of the gods being in the hands of mortals I guess right. but literally the whole time it's like you need to get that mask back or else I'm disowning you uh-huh. and Loki's supposed to be like a villain and he does bad things because he like incapacitates parents so he can shake their babies around a little bit but other (laughs) than that he's like hardly a villain but the movie is trying really hard to paint him as one right um he's not an innocent i'm not saying that at all but it felt like the movie thought he was more of a bad guy than he was i don't know yeah i i feel like i feel like the loki stuff kind of came and went in like short little bursts I don't know, man. There was like 50 minutes of this movie that I just like checked out. Mm. The the big uh, slapstick fight sequence between the baby and the dog. 
that was the hardest stuff to get through was, holy shit <laughs> i was just i was totally checked out during that and i i i was and i don't remember if it was like this in the jim carrey m- movie where he only wears the mask a select amount of times but i feel like there was only like two main sequences when jamie kennedy was it like was, it was it was literally twice that okay. he wore it yeah. It was it was during the Halloween party where he was uh, doing the thing, and then it was like the fight at the end, mm. and then any everything else between that it was just held up by the absolute black hole of charisma that is Jamie <laughs> Kennedy. <laughs> I would have taken Jamie Kennedy over the baby and dog stuff. Oh, one hundred percent. Absolutely. I uh, yeah, that was that was peak, like mid-2000s we don't know how to make a movie for kids let's have a baby and an animal like do silly things to each other yeah well it was it was it was really on the nose because basically the baby was inspired by watching like woody woodpecker and Mm -hmm. uh, like roadrunner and like all those old school cartoons that are extremely violent in like (laughs) a funny way and like replicating that over like it was literally doing the the frog hello my baby hello my honey bit Mm -hmm. and then he he literally does it the michigan rag (laughs) i didn't know what what that was called yeah yeah (laughs) um yeah i uh it it, yeah and it, it it got to a point where it's just it was just like repeating it i was like why are they still do like what's the deal with the the baby and the dog like where is this fucking leading and they just kept doing it (laughs) and holy fucking shit like it's terrifying throughout like i'd heard about this movie being like freaky but fucking hell there's so much like just disturbing cgi in this (laughs) um yeah my first note of the whole movie was um it's might be the ugliest movie I've ever seen. And I wrote this before Jamie Kennedy put on the mask. <laughs> <laughs> See, my first note was that, uh, edge city will be the hardest. I laugh this entire movie, <laughs> <laughs> which apparently is called edge city in the Jim Carrey one. But this yeah. is like based on like a comic book franchise. And I guess edge city is like, you know it's like uh gotham or, or just like whatever I think, fictitious big city i think it's it's a reference to like because uh in like dc comics the flash lives in central city uh, um, okay and yeah then there's like gotham there's metropolis so yeah i think it's a riff on like those very generic city names right okay okay um but yeah any any props to like some subtlety is probably just goes to the comic book and not the movie itself. Right. Uh, it also, I feel like this movie did that thing where we're supposed to believe that they're a struggling family, but they live in a giant ass house. Yeah. That's like a giant ass. Yeah. Tim Burton house. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It it is. It is quite ugly. Like the call. It's like, it's very like the colors are like big and vibrant in that. I, I don't know how to describe it. it. It's just very garish and tacky. Yeah. Which almost seems like there's a point to it. Like that's the, I think it, yeah, 
the only thing I could think of is it's like trying to emulate a comic book. Is it yeah. trying to like come off like a comic book? But did the f- I don't think the first movie really did that. It was just more like a normal movie with the you know mm-hmm. fantastical element of the mask. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like it's something like Tim Burtony but more colorful, not as muted. Mm-hmm. But if Tim Burton didn't know how to like properly color and shoot his movies because <laughs> there's even there's like sh- the way that it's shot kind of reminds me of how he would shoot um mm-hmm. where there's like the big sweeps like the zoom in on his face so it kind of like yeah it, it like almost like fish eyes on his face so his face looks really like like mm-hmm. really close up to the camera or like these sweeping things like down the the stairs there's a scene where it's where he he's trying to tell his wife that he just got a promotion and she's trying to tell him that she's pregnant and the whole time the camera's like spinning around them so wildly and i'm like wow i was was getting so frustrated like why is this happening right now and there were so many moments like that like the camera work is fucking dizzying yeah (laughs) and i wonder if that is them trying to get that comic book very like action you know, moving style. Because I, I didn't necessarily hate a lot of the camera work. I, I feel like a few of the shots are like, oh, okay, that wasn't terrible. It's at least somewhat competently done in some ways. Maybe. Maybe. I, the the one thing I, I like giving them the benefit of the doubt is like, yeah, maybe there was an attempt made yeah. maybe to be like a comic book. It just didn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> and... I speaking of the like the mask part like it started on such a high when he like I I think this might be the most like hard to pin down dud that that we've done so far with like how I feel about it it's like it's the weirdest I had like the weirdest boner after watching it that's the kind of (laughs) thing it was (laughs) was because there was the feet shot at the end yeah the feet shot oh no 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 but there was a bit at the end that did make me go like i put what the fuck did that mean <laughs> um <laughs> but no uh when he when jamie kennedy gets the mask the first time i was losing my fucking mind that whole scene <laughs> and i was like i i i haven't watching watching the dud movies it's either just been like, ugh, this is boring. I, I, it's not funny. It's just, uh, uh-huh. it's just, it's just a bad movie. Or it's like, I love this. This is hilarious. That whole mass scene, I was like, I was laughing, and I was disturbed, and I was cringing. Like I was watching like a cringe compilation on YouTube. It was hard to watch, but it was also funny, and it was the best part of the whole movie. And then he doesn't put it on until the very end of the movie. I yeah. was, I was, I wanted more Jamie Kennedy mask, but at yeah. the same time, I didn't, I didn't want any of it. <laughs> yeah. It was very yeah. conflicting. I, I was like, is that Jamie Kennedy's voice? I could, I, I, I wondered. So just the way that it was done, it was just like, like I, he had that like affectation to his voice or it was just that, like, that was one of the things where that, that I mean, like when I was watching it, where I was just so confused. Why like why does he look so fucking ugly? Why do they give him that 
uh, that weird plastic hair. So he, I thought when he, when he, uh, he's doing like the song and then he puts, he like, they transform into like cowboy uniforms. I thought he looked like one of the, one of the guys from the music video for when I was big, big brown beaver. beaver. The pr- yeah. Yes. Yes. Especially With like the, the jawline the and like, yeah. yeah. That yeah. uncanny valley, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, his fucking voice. <laughs> like, at the end, I laughed so fucking hard when, when uh, just out of nowhere, Loki's like, "Hey, I spent five minutes with your kid. I, you know, I want to be his new dad." And then they're like, "Let's let him decide." And the parents are like, "Okay." <laughs> um, and Makes then, sense to me. It's it's like you know supposed to be this important moment where these parents are parent they're willing to or they they might lose their kid I guess um, if this infant doesn't crawl towards them uh, and Jamie Kennedy in the mask is like Alvy I'm your dad <laughs> that weird fucking voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like don't talk <laughs> you, you want the kid to come to you not away yeah. i'm uh, your real dad <laughs> it's so... oh man i just yeah i just want to i want to know what the director was like telling him to motivate him to be like this is jamie kennedy's impersonation of like what a confidence guy sounds like and it's like this smarmy like hey, hey, hey. Yeah, like i just think of how much character jim carrey's mask had yeah versus this one which is like mm-hmm. i don't even know what it is and i i think i think that part of the reason it was so weird um is cuz they gave him those huge fucking teeth and i think when they were shooting it i don't think he could talk for shit no, because probably I'm pretty sure not. I'm pretty sure every single line of when he has when he's in the mask mode is dubbed. Yeah. And Maybe that's it, why I couldn't tell if it was actually him. Yeah. I think uh I think because in in the in the the climax scene um there is a part where he, he gets maybe it's when the baby starts crawling towards Loki or some other part but he's he gets a little more desperate and less like cocky or whatever when he he has the mask on and he like he kind of naturally slips into like he sounds just like Jamie Kennedy like not even doing a voice and it sounds real like the transition from the like oh I'm the man blah 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 into like regular Jamie Kennedy voice I'm like okay yeah I think that's I think the whole thing is him Um, it's just just, so bizarrely yeah well, yeah, I mean, again, comparing it to, like, the Jim Carrey one, you can clearly tell that it's Jim Carrey. Like, the way that they do the prosthetic, like, the green mask, it's, like, it's him. You can tell. Mm-hmm. With Jamie Kennedy, yeah, yeah. it's, like, they just... This is this is supposed to be... This is the mask, and you went the cheapest route possible and got, like, some dollar store plastic hair and put it on him, and it's just, yeah. like... I'm supposed to recognize that as Jamie Kennedy's character. Yeah. I think all the, with Loki, whenever he went mask mode, I think that was just like the hair they, I think. Yeah, the J- the, the, the Loki him. Loki mask character didn't look terrible. Mm-hmm. It, look, it looked more like the, like the Jim the Carrey. Jim Carrey. Because the yeah. same thing, you know, 
I don't know, was there like was there another mask in the Jim Carrey one? Because I feel like it was someone else got a hold of it and put it on like the gangster guy. So it was like Jim Carrey yeah. versus like the gangster guy. But I don't know if they both turned into the green guy at the same time or not. I think it was just the one. Yeah. I think it was just the one mask. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, yeah, the Loki the Loki mask wasn't terrible looking. There's this is kind of a star studded movie too, which is weird. I wasn't expecting Bob Hoskins to be in it. Yeah. Who Bob Hoskins is the flying Dutchman in SpongeBob, right? Is he? Because that's all I heard. When he's like, Loki it it sounded like the flying Dutchman from SpongeBob. Huh. I I don't I'm gonna check. I'm pretty sure he's he's the flying Dutchman. Oh no, it's it's uh it's Brian Doyle Murray. Oh um, who's in he's in a lot of old like like Bill Murray stuff. Oh, okay. He's in like Groundhog Day. Oh, okay. Um I mean like he kinda just sounds like the flying dutchman that's like only like a slightly uh embellished version of his own voice (laughs) oh okay that's pretty good you'd probably recognize him if you saw him yeah yeah weird yeah and then steven wright was not expecting to be in there yeah (laughs) that yeah that's like you have you're a comedian you know what's funny why are you in this dog shit he i mean sorry paycheck the flying dutchman is the reason he's in all those bill murray movies is because he's bill murray's brother there you go (laughs) well (laughs) i like it i guess that makes sense uh we got a pre-obama administration cal pen cal pen yeah do of of course doing an accent which i i guess i can say at least it wasn't a white guy doing it but yeah it's yeah. still very weird <laughs> was was it was it like an indian guy accent it because it seemed because he kept calling it him was, Holmes. so i was like is this it, is he supposed to be hispanic it was light but oh no you're right no it had to have been because his name he's credited as jorge but and i don't want to do it but the way he said bro that's how like people doing indian accents or pakistani accents say bro oh because if his name oh if his name was jorge i was gonna be like did this director just see him and like look at the skin tone and be like yeah you're mexican right yeah cal's like uh uh he's like yeah cool you're mexican he's just he just keeps walking is like all right that's what you're doing for the rest of the movie this is like two years before he went to work for (laughs) that's so funny since we're on that uh somebody that I, I'm always really proud of myself when, because he was in this for two seconds. It's after the first time Jamie Tandy puts on the mask and he comes back to work and he's walking down the hallway and there's people, uh, being like, "Hey, that was awesome at the party last yeah, night." Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those guys, and I'm pretty sure that's the only time you see him. Uh, he's not super famous, but I was just felt pretty proud that I pulled it out. It's, it was uh, Damon Harriman who uh, I mostly know 
or like I mostly think of him from Justified. He was a pretty like major character. He was Dewey Crow on that, but he oh, okay. also was he was Charles Manson in both Mind Hunter and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, because he looks oh. a lot like Charles Manson. <laughs> That's um, crazy. Yeah. Uh, and he's in a couple other things I like. Uh, the Nightingale is another movie that I really like. Uh, but yeah, there's a little like, I know that guy moment. <laughs> Those little diamonds in the rough. Yeah. Oh yeah, this chick I wanted to check out because her voice seemed really familiar. The neighbor, Betty. I meant to check out her name. She, her, she looks... her voice sounded so familiar. Says so she's in Babe and the Happy Feet movies. She must be a friend of George Miller. That's his name? Oh, why can't I think of that guy's name? Oh, it must man. just be those, I guess. I'm I'm probably thinking of Babe then. She's the she's the the farmer's wife. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm looking at her I'm looking at her television appearances and yeah, I don't There's not yeah, there's not much. It's one of those where the voice sounds like I've heard it in a million things, yeah. but it's probably just Babe. <laughs> <laughs> probably. It's funny, before before we started the the movie, I had to put in the like code on Amazon because like enter your five digit pin and then it just automatically like yeah. accesses your shit. And Kalia does this anytime I ask her for like any like code or like you know a pin for like her her card or whatever. Yeah. Regardless of be like because it's not the actual number. I guess I'll say that on here. Yeah, <laughs> that's sure. not the actual sure. pin number or whatever. Um, but from from our Avengers movies that should go five, 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 five. (laughs) (laughs) And then like the movie starts and we're like, Oh, Hey Loki. And then, and then, uh, she's like, Oh, and he has the same hair that Isaiah gives you at the beginning of Avengers. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So that's all I could like see. (laughs) Yeah, uh, when I when I watched this, so yeah, last week last week we said that it was uh, either on Tubi or for rental on YouTube, and it turns out it is not on Tubi anymore. It was when we initially put it in the cup. So I I did uh, I even checked because I assumed that Trevor would have it on his Plex server. Ah, uh, was not on there. I'm really let down. Yeah, surprised. Because uh, if you look at Trevor's letterbox, all all he watches are terrible, god awful yep. movies. That's all he watches. But yep. uh, <laughs> so I, I had to rent it for two ninety nine on on uh, Apple TV, and then I watched it during the daylight. I was I was debating watching it like the the other night, but I was like, <laughs> no, I should I should watch this while it's light outside because you know <laughs> if i decide to kill Don't myself i'll look out I'll, I'll see that it's like oh the sun's out maybe it's not all <laughs> but <laughs> i made a joke on twitter i was like i'm watching son of the mask for this podcast that gets an average of six listens per episode like i'm writing down every single name i see on screen and putting it in my manifesto <laughs> <laughs> Okay, before we get into this other thing I want to talk about, since, since we mentioned it, since I like touched on it before, the thing that made me go "What the fuck" at the end uh-huh. was 
when uh i wish i, I should have wrote down like what he said exactly because i think it was the combination the ending scene they're watching jamie kennedy's new show that just got on mm-hmm. it's big like big his like big break or whatever and then she's like oh you missed a character and then he's like oh what do you mean she like points at her stomach like she's he's like you're pregnant and then he doesn't say like how did that happen that because that would be a little weird but something to like imply that he's like oh that's a surprise to me kind of like that and then the camera fucking zooms in on the baby and it winks at the camera and i was like okay (laughs) what does that mean Because he can only impregnate his wife when he's got the mask on. Now he doesn't have the mask. So what does that mean? <laughs> oh, I do, I do remember that the baby winking at the end, but I, again, I must have been like checked out because I do not remember that. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, that, that was part of it. Part of like the controversy, not really controversy, but like this movie's rated PG, but apparently it was like criticized because a lot of it seemed to be they're like, it was like deemed too inappropriate for a PG film. Okay. Yeah. This is what I wanted to get to next. Okay. Do you know about the deleted scene, which Does apparently it- is in the, in it's in the UK release or something. And it was on like the er- earlier releases, which is, I'm really bummed Dagan wasn't on this because I want to know if like his DVD had, oh wait, he said it was too scratched up. That's right. Uh, is, is it green cum? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because, because that, that was Trevor, that was Trevor's review of son of the mask was like, he really filled that lady with green cum, but like I'm watching the movie and I was like, I didn't, I didn't see it. So I found a clip and I can send it. I can like link it to you afterwards. It's actually from another podcast where they're talking about it, but like in the middle of it, it shows the scene and I couldn't find it anywhere else on YouTube except a 64 times slowed down and up, (laughs) uh, upgraded to like 4k restoration of it. So it's an hour and a half. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it like it shows them like laying in bed after like in the movie, he comes home in with the mask on and he just says like, "Hey baby," and then it cuts to the morning and it implies that they had sex. But right. in this in between that, it goes back to them like sleeping in bed post-coitus. And then the camera like does a quick like zoom in on her stomach her her belly uh-huh. and then it like keeps zooming in and then you see all these like sperm in the background floating and then three like uh cgi mask sperm oh uh, i see like uh, google imaged it there they are and it's like it's like a comical like race between them to get to like fertilize her egg and I don't know if this was added in the the YouTube video or if this was like in the the movie uh-huh. itself. I don't know if they added it themselves. Um, but it's playing like some what is it playing? Oh, it's playing uh, the Chariots of Fire 
dun 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 uh-huh. dun uh-huh um <sighs> and they're like they're all like racing and then one of them like bites the other one's tail and like throws it back and then its eyes like pop out of its head and it ooh it goes back and then until one of them is left and it hits the egg and the egg like turns green as Holy the you know shit. the music crescendos <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> yeah the sperms look like that sm- the like let's fucking go smiley face <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what they look like i know what you mean those yeah. huge teeth jesus god yeah you know maybe i would have liked it more if they actually kept that scene in that's would've that's had, the director's some, cut baby <laughs> yeah this is <laughs> yeah milos foreman and uh lawrence, lawrence guterman, guterman the two <laughs> The two great visionaries censored by the <laughs> the board of cinema people. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. I don't know if I have much else to say about this movie, for being completely honest. Uh, yeah, it just I feel like it just... It tried to be, like, too slapsticky. It tried to rip off too many of, like, those old, like... I don't know if it's Hanna-Barbera or, like... It's like those old school yeah. cartoons, because like that was like the whole thing is like Jamie's Ke- Jamie Kennedy's character is like this cartoonist. It's very light on plot, but he's like a cartoonist who wants to like make a big break for like the boss, mm-hmm. and it's just like nothing felt super like. It felt like there were way too many plot lines going on, and none of them were really consequential whatsoever. Yeah, like, like you're gonna miss the. Like, if they had fleshed them out a little bit better, like, oh, you got the whole, like, you have to go to the the boss and you have to present your idea, but, like, he can only come up with the ideas when he's wearing the mask or the... Cause, like, when I don't not... know. the Yeah, the boss is like, oh, that green guy. Such <laughs> a great idea. And my first thought was, really? <laughs> what did you get from that? <laughs> He he sings and dances, so that's. And then he acts later on. He's like, "Oh, the the dog and the baby, fighting for the human's affection. How did you think of that?" <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was thinking, like, in a sense, it's it's almost like the movie itself being like, "How did we come up with this plot of this movie? It's so <laughs> smart. What a clever idea." <laughs> Human humans are or no, because they like say at the beginning like oh dogs are man's best friend. No, the baby is. Wow, <laughs> that's resonant. I guess. What else is Alan Cumming been in? I feel like I know um, that. I know that. Oh, Spy Kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Spy Kids is probably the other thing you're thinking of. Um, but I will. F- he is forever. Oh fucking! What's his last name in that? Uh, I wish I could think of his whole name, uh, but he's forever Boris from Goldeneye for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Boris Grishenko. That's his last name. Yeah, I feel like I remember it wasn't his face in uh, the Gold, the, the Goldeneye N64 game. Yep, yeah, because he's, like, he's a pretty major character in the movie. So, yeah, he, he's, one that you, he's one that you can play as, yeah. I was I I only got so far with it, but you know because there's Loki and Odin and mention of Thor, I was like imagining 
the MCU with some of the mask characters <laughs> instead. <laughs> Which, like, to be honest, Bob Hoskins be a fine Odin. Yeah, yeah, I know he wasn't terrible. I and uh, Al, uh, Alan Cumming <clears throat> with not the like, worst Loki. Yeah, like <laughs> the performance, you know, like if it was a, you know, the scripts, the scripts from like the Avengers movies. I yeah, could probably do it fine. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like Bob Hoskins uh, as Odin. I feel like he was like covered in makeup to the point where I wonder if he was just like, I don't want anyone to be able to recognize <laughs> that it's me. Yeah. Although I think this is also Maybe. after the Super Mario Brothers movie, so it's like the damage is done, dude. Yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like until the end, until you see him in person. Um mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I I wouldn't have known it was Bob Hoskins if his name wasn't in the opening credits. He does I didn't even think he sounded like Bob Hoskins. Yeah. But then the only thing I got the only thing else that I got was Stephen Wright is Nick Fury. <laughs> okay. Uh, the baby, I think, was Spider-Man. <laughs> I didn't. I never thought of one for Jamie Kennedy. I don't know why. Well, maybe I didn't know if I should go. With... Hmm. He's pretty forget. He's pretty forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. He made an entire documentary that I, was pretty much just spurned from all the hate. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I read like, about that. I remember because I I think I watched Heckler on Netflix. This is like okay. I didn't I knew who Jamie Kennedy was and I, I was like okay this guy I think from what I've gathered he sucks but like whatever it seemed uh-huh. like an interesting premise because there were a bunch of comedians in it like I think Lewis Black was in it like they had all these comedians talking about hecklers and it's kind of an interesting idea to hear their perspective because it's like some comedians think you know they don't hate hecklers because some of like some really great comedy moments have come from hecklers Mm -hmm. but also it's like it sucks to like deal with and i was like oh Mm -hmm. this is kind of an interesting documentary it's kind of interesting to see all these different comedians perspectives and then about halfway through i feel like jamie kennedy kind of pulls the rug out from under you and then it turns into just him going around to film reviewers and confronting them about like the bad reviews that they've given to his movies. Like he can, he confronts like the ones that are like that use very, uh, flowery language to describe Jamie Kennedy movies. Like, you know, like I'm exaggerating, but it'd be like, it'd be Jamie Kennedy sitting with like Roger Ebert or or whoever being like, you wrote in an article in the New York times that like my film was a cinematic abortion or like, you know, something like that. (laughs) But it's like he's he's literally it's like very uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, this started out as an interesting examination about comedians and hecklers, and then it just turned into your pet project of confronting everyone who's ever been mean to you in the written form and being like, hey, why are you mean to me? Why do you hate me so much? <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe it's because you do shit like this. <laughs> yeah, I could almost see that being like a like a bit. Because he used to do the Jamie Kennedy experiment, uh-huh. which is like a sort of reality, like prank type show. Yeah. Where he would kind of play like an obnoxious asshole sometimes, but then it also could just be that he is that, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, That kind of makes me want to see it even more. 
I also read that it it includes footage of Uva Bowl's boxing matches uh-huh. with, and that's awesome because like <laughs> Uva Bowl is fucking crazy, but like in a super entertaining way. <laughs> like of course Uva Bowl boxed his critics. <laughs> that's such a him thing to do. Very famously, uh, he beat the shit out of Low Tax from something Low-tax. awful. Oh, okay. He, okay. Lotax, he died like a few months ago, apparently. Oh, shit. But he was the founder of the Something Awful Forums, and I think they like fundraised something to 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 send him to go box Uwe Ball, and he <laughs> got destroyed by him, apparently. <laughs> like, Holy shit. He became like the butt of jokes on Something Awful because he like challenged him and like got his <laughs> ass kicked. That's awesome. I'm trying to find He oh has my God, a... There's a YouTube video of it. Is there? Yeah. He has a um she can find it. I'm gonna try that. He has a letterbox and he reviews movies on that. Oh Uva Ball does? Yeah. That's awesome. Oh I don't maybe he doesn't have it anymore. Maybe it got deleted. Or maybe he just stopped using it, I don't know. Do you that, wanna he's he's another one where we could just Oh Final yeah, thoughts. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, we're we're good. We're good. I'm I have spent. nothing else to say. Yeah. Um, uh. I I don't even. I I was just gonna say I'm I'm kind of surprised, but I don't think I've put a single Uva Ball movie in the Duds Cup. But you could. He's one of those where you could you could just pick a random one off of his list and, <laughs> list and it would probably work. Sorry, I'm reading. It. I'm reading about him, and there's something on here that made me. <laughs> laugh really hard but i can't, i'm not gonna say it on the podcast oh okay it's it's comments he made about michael bay and eli roth okay uh anyway go ahead sorry i was just gonna say maybe maybe we should like exclusively like change our dud cup to exclusively an uva ball cup until he decides to box one of us <laughs> That would be amazing. <laughs> he's like fifty something, but I, I guarantee yeah, he's, he he's could, up like, there now. He could kick our asses. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. <laughs> it's like, do we get to choose our fighter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Travis seems pretty, uh, pretty spry. Or Dagan. Was, or Dagan. Yeah, yeah. Dagan, but yeah. Uh, movie review. <sighs> yeah, like like I said before, it's it's really hard to categorize for me. I think. It was, it was a very interesting watch. Uh, just, just like witnessing how it, like how just terrifying all the visuals were, and just like how it kept coming up with new things to be terrifying. <laughs> Like, the first fucking scene, Loki pulls Ben Stein's face off of his head (laughs) and then, like, sticks it on, like, the the display case. Yeah. Um, all this stuff, like, whenever the baby's, like, CGI. Uh Ugh. But then when it does stuff, like, it, like, blow, it's, like, does, like... Like it's blowing its own head up like a balloon. Yeah. Now, there was a part where they're doing a super twister. And I wrote down that when it, it does like the the like wide shot and you see them all like twisted around, it looked like Uzumaki to me. 
Is that the <laughs> uh, Junji Ito monster? Yeah, the that's the it's one of the books. It's Spiral. Oh, yeah. oh okay, okay. Oh, and then like turns the turns like the neighbor lady's head into just a nose and then I guess just kind of leaves it that way. <laughs> Cuz like he goes and then like she shows up later and she's still just a nose. <laughs> um Yeah, I so very very interesting. I like I said the most just bonkers scene was that first scene with Jamie Kennedy the whole time I was fucking losing it like Mm -hmm. I wasn't like laughing losing it but I was just like in my head like oh my god (laughs) what is happening right now yeah um so I think and and like the second scene with him as the mask was like my next favorite scene but it wasn't it wasn't as good but I think just because of that like purely based on that one that first scene with with him as the mask it's a spud for me um i'm gonna say it's like it's a it's a potato that um it's like a baby red potato and it's got a little it's it's like got a little brown and you're like, usually you don't get baby reds, but you decided to go in this week and get some baby reds because you're feeling fancy. But you're, but since you don't usually cook with them, you're like, are those still good? I'm not sure if those are still like edible. You cook them anyways because you don't have anything else to eat that night um, with your ramen. Um, <laughs> and then you eat them and you're like, still when you're eating them, you're like, Okay, these are good, but I I can't. Is there? They taste off. a little funky in there, and then you add some ketchup, and that kind of adds. It's it's a different combination than you're than you're used to, and then you're yeah, you and then you're it. like, okay, yeah, I think I think the I think the potatoes are are going a little because this isn't how they should taste with ketchup. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. <laughs> I think I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> oh, it's tough. It's tough for me. Uh, I don't. I I think I'm gonna go with Dud not Spud here. Okay. I think if there had been more scenes with Jamie Kennedy doing the mask stuff, as terrible as I thought the ADR like voiceover was of his like added to uh, it for me. That's hey, what I'm, I'm, I'm your dad. Uh, <laughs> like that that voice that he does. I I I mean because I think you know looking back at the original the mask movie that's what made it was like jim carrey's antics as the mask and is like as terrible as 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 aping it as jamie kennedy was it was the most interesting part of the entire movie were those sequences i I could give two shits about the baby and the dog plot line i was like this is the most boring shit i've ever seen yeah and you know maybe if i had seen the cut that has the 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 mask <laughs> sperm in it maybe it would have elevated it to like like you said a little, a little potato that's like mm, i've had this in my my pantry for a little while and it's it's starting to do that thing where like the little other sprigs are starting to come out of the like the little eyes if you will mm. it's like uh eh, you know you can kind of pick those off and you can still have a decent potato out of it no this is 
I kind of rate it based on like if I would watch it with like a group of friends and like laugh at it. And I don't think there was enough in this at all to like laugh at or enjoy even semi ironically. Okay. So yeah, that's, it's definitely a dud for me, nice. but I, I appreciate, I, I, I appreciate your comments though. Yeah. Cause there's, there's, there's parts, there's elements. It definitely, the most terrifying elements are the most interesting elements, but there's not as many <laughs> yeah. as I would yeah. like. Yeah, putting it in the context of, like, would I watch it with a group of friends, it's tough. I mean, even the ones that I do consider spuds, I still, like, the yeah. only ones that I would really love to are, like, the top tops, like, True. Ben and Arthur, I want to watch with people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then maybe Captain Alex, too. Um, yeah. I don't know, though. Might not this be the one, best this metric. One this one, I might, I, I would maybe, I don't know. Just to go, like, what the fuck, but... <laughs> you guys seeing this shit? There was enough, like, little things in between that I think kind of, like, kept me watching. Just, like, mm-hmm. even even small things like Calpen's accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gave me something to go, like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of... Soulless cash grabs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an Damn. ad. I'm bad at these. <laughs> I was, I uh, know, I was just looking up, uh, cause I, th- I looked up, I followed a link to it, and I think his, the Uva Bowl's letterbox is deactivated, but I'm watching a video by, uh, IHE on YouTube where he's like talking about him. And <laughs> the first one he shows is for Alita Battle Angel, and it's, her eyes ruin the movie. The real actress also much chunkier. H- CGI overloads overload turns it into a lame cartoon for children and mongoloids. And then he says, and then there's edit. Chunky, 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 chunky. And then um, I don't like them big. I don't like them chunky. I don't like them big. I don't like them plumpy. Which I don't know. If do you know what that is a reference to? No. It's 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 not like a super popular meme, I guess, but it's a it's the Moto Moto song from Madagascar Two, <laughs> and it's I like them big, I like them chunky. Okay. <laughs> the, <laughs> so, he's, the... so he's referencing fucking Madagascar Two <laughs> meme. <laughs> a beautiful mind. You know, he's like one of those guys that just like never change. <laughs> um, do you know? Are you, do you know the movie The Brown Bunny? Have you heard of it? Maybe I think so. It's is that one of his or is that? No, no, it's Vincent Gallo. It's it's uh, it's most known for an unsimulated blowjob scene. Oh, um. And his review is the most boring movie ever made. Vincent Gallo gets his dick sucked by Chloe Savini and shoots his load all over her face. But I like looking at tits and maybe a pussy, but not a dude's dick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Isn't that, isn't it a real blowjob? Yeah. It's unsimulated. Oh, it's, it's it's real. Unsimulated is just what they say. That's what they do in normal hollywood movies i guess yeah because yeah i i I feel like i've seen 
screenshots of Chloe Savine doing that. <laughs> Just somewhere. Well, well, <laughs> well, I was doing some research. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they were they were like they were a couple, like a real life couple at the time, I guess. And oh, uh, okay. I guess that helps. <laughs> yeah, God, I would hope so. Uh, I am curious to talk about the first thing on your list, though, which is Paper Mario Revisit. Have you been playing it on the uh, Oh okay the Switch? Yeah. Um. I. Oh yeah, we're back. I'll just. Get that Hi. <laughs> um. Yeah, I have. I'm actually like it's the first time I've played it in maybe ten years, mm-hmm. and I've never hundred percented it before. So I decided to do that this time. So I'm. I beat chapter seven uh so all i have to do is make my way up to bowser's castle and beat the game so mm-hmm. i'm doing all like the end game like completiony stuff yeah no, it's 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 still great it's it's such a good game um i i think i have realized that playing through it this time um although who knows i could play thousand year door and reassess then because i haven't played that in a long time either mm-hmm. i i do think I like Thousand Year Door more. Um, or no, I, I don't want to say it. I think Thousand Year Door is the better game. It's the superior game. I just, I th- I don't know. It, it's still, it's very hard for me to pick between them. Uh, I think Paper Mar. I think the first one has more of my heart. Um, yeah. Both fantastic games. Like both yeah. individually top 20 at least for me. Oh yeah. I think thousand year door has higher highs than the first one, but also lower lows. Sure. And I'm thinking more like broadly, like chapter by chapter, because I, from memory, I just, I really don't care for chapter seven in thousand year door where you go to the moon base. Yeah. eh. And then, and then like chapter two, where you go to the, boogly tree i forgot what it's called it's like the monochrome that's Mm -hmm, whatever mm -hmm. um yeah but thousand year door has the posh express the the excess express excess express where you go to poshly heights yeah that's that's easily the best part of the whole game yep that and then uh glitz pit glitz pit's great i i love any time those games venture as fun as you know i i don't i don't dislike you know even chapter one in thousand year door which is basically a retread of chapter one in the first one it's just you Mm -hmm. go to a castle and it's like basic puzzles and stuff i like that stuff too but anytime it ventures away from that and you get like the glitz pit where it's like it's not a traditional dungeon it's like you're Mm -hmm. in a wrestling thing and it yeah uh, you're doing like you're trying to like figure out this you're like getting mystery these text messages it. from a mystery person to figure out what's really going on yeah yeah no i because i i streamed the whole game last mm-hmm. summer so like it's fairly still fresh in my memory and my only issue and that's only because i'm much more older and seasoned as a video game player mm-hmm. thousand year door is very easy oh yeah it's very i don't oh okay there were very few moments where i was like i might lose this fight mm-hmm. if you if you get the action command down and you get the right badges and do the right shit and like time out your moves 
Mm-hmm. It's it, I was just like, oh, I remember like dying several times to uh, like the final Princess Peach as mm-hmm. the the queen boss fight. Mm-hmm. I think I I think I nailed it in one like on my replay. Mm-hmm. So I was like I was like, oh, this isn't as hard as I remember it. Yeah. Although I haven't I didn't beat Gloom Tale. Ah. Uh. Okay. Which Gloomtail I've heard is like very difficult. Yeah. Well, so so for your 100% completion of the first one, are you counting all of those boss fights too? Like Yeah. I already What's did his them. name? Kent C Koopa. Yeah. And then like the Dojo Master, the Master, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um I was going to go into that when you mentioned uh Gloomtail or whatever. Yeah, cuz that was one of the things I never I never did was uh, beat the final form of the master and Kent C. Koopa. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you said, it's just, it's purely like badges and badge power is just OP in that game. If you yeah. know it, uh, it reminds me playing it now. It reminds me a lot of a board game that I really like called Aeon's End where um, it's a deck building game where mm-hmm. you play, at, you're like on a team of, spellcasters and you're fighting against this giant big bad and the game is uh when you set up the game to play it you choose your pool of market cards do you know what a deck builder is it's like where you start with like a very small amount of cards and then Mm. those cards that you have allow you to purchase more cards to add to your deck okay um so you purchase more cards and then you get more powerful cards and then you you know you go from there um and that game the difficulty ranges uh extremely depending on what your pool of like cards that you can buy are and that's Mm -hmm. like what i was thinking like with with the the badges because yeah i i've found myself being like kicking ass in paper mario one i the last two boss fights were like challenging huff and puff Mm -hmm. is is pretty tricky because he can uh he can heal like so much Mm -hmm. like so quickly but it 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 comes down to badges because with Mm -hmm. kent c koopa and the master i beat them so easy okay Uh, kent c koopa's weakness is lullaby i think it works on him like almost every time so you hit him with lullaby uh and then he's asleep for a few turns and then you do your ground pound and once he's flipped over his defense is still like three but if you have like power bounce or whatever you're still doing a good amount of damage to him mm-hmm. or no yeah if you hit his tail his tail doesn't have any defense uh basically he was asleep for like three or four turns he woke up and i killed him on that turn so he didn't attack me once um, oh shit and it's because i what i've done this time is usually when i play i kind of like I when I was younger I was just like yeah I want to have like power smash I want to have like these cool abilities you know that I can choose between for my attack but this time I went purely and this means you can only have like four or five badges because there's so much badge power because there's six badge power each for um I have two that give me each one gives me a plus one to my attack Mm -hmm. so I have a plus two to my attack and then I have one that's plus one to your defense. And then there's I have two more that are plus one 
to your defense if you hit the action command. So if I hit the action command, I'm adding plus three to my defense. <laughs> um, and then there's one that's a flower saver. So you use one fewer Less. flower okay. points per attack you use. And it's just, it it changes the game. With uh, the master who has 99 HP, Jesus. I, I, I put on a jump charge badge and I just charged for a few turns and then I did power bounce and I power bounced for like 14 points of damage with each jump and I killed him in one <laughs> one go. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to not like cheese it so much through <laughs> Bowser's castle. Like I wanna I yeah, did I don't do wanna make to Bowser, it too then, easy. Couldn't you? you could, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I actually wonder another thing that's kind of funny is um, as you progress in that game the weaker enemies give you less and mm-hmm. less star points to a point where they give you none yeah so I have I usually have the bump attack badge on which when you have that on it's just if you touch them they just disappear you don't even go into the fighting animation so it saves a lot right. of time um, I'm, on, I'm almost like max leveled before going up to Bowser's castle. So I wonder if I'm just going to just bump attack like my way through his castle and it's going to take like no time at all. That'd be so nice because aren't there segments where, or maybe I'm thinking a thousand year door where it's like the bullet bills are like shooting down the hall and like you have to, Uh, that might just be thousand year door. That might be in the first one. They might do that again, but in the first dungeon you're like on the roof of the castle and it's like as you're making your way to the boss fight, they're shooting That's right. at you. That's right. That might be what I'm thinking of. So it happens there. Okay, um, okay. But yeah, the first one does... Oh, I was saying like Thousand Year Door has the higher highs and lower lows. Contrasts with that with the first one, I think is just more solid throughout. It's Yeah. It doesn't reach the heights. It doesn't reach the poshly heights of Thousand Year Door. Yeah. There's not really like a low point in that game. I think I think like every All chapter the locations is pretty fun. are like the locations are pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you get like there's really great like Shy Guys toy boxes. Yeah. Really neat concept. Flower Fields also is really neat. Um mm-hmm. really good like payoff. And we've uh, talked about it before, Tubba Blubba, that whole segment yeah. is Yeah. Tubba Blubba's that, castle is great. Like that, yeah. Uh huh. I forgot about the fucking the like drones that fly around. Yeah. And if you're not, yeah. Oh, it's that's also like really nerve wracking. Mm. And I completely forgot about those guys. But yeah, they're they're great. I think um because James is actually playing it too, and I I meant to mention that actually that I think it I think it comes with playing Paper Mario specifically, and another reason why I think batch power is so key. Because I, I've been, like, kind of touching base with him here and there. Like, oh, how far are you? And he's, like, it was taking him a lot longer to get through it. Because he's, like, this He's like this game is really hard. And, I mean, James is not a noob to video games or RPGs at all. Yeah. But the, the badge system is pretty unique to Paper Mario. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just kind of being more versed in that and like knowing that yeah. really gives you the advantage in that game. Yeah, I think when I when I played Thousand Year Door, every time I leveled up, 
I think for the most part, I put all of them into badge points. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I got my health up a little bit, but I don't think I hit past 35, 40 oh, health. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get up there that much at all. I mean, it was basically flower points and badge power because, like, I just used the right combination of badges and, like, you get that Run, action command down yeah. and then it's... Well, because, yeah. like, Thousand Year Door introduces... Because, like, if you press A, you do defense. But if you press mm-hmm. B, you do a counterattack. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I got good at that. And then it was just, like, I would fight bosses and I wouldn't even get hit. Because, yeah. like, I would counter. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's the thing I noticed. Uh, in, the, in the later bosses, not as much because they just have so much health that, like, you're not going to kill them in one hit anyways. But... Um, yeah. I would find that like early on in the game, I, yeah, I wouldn't really need to worry about my health because I could end fights before I even, before they even got a chance to attack. Yeah. And that's, that's a big thing in that game. I think that's like built into the game though, is that like you, if you do get hit, you can lose health really fast. Oh, so yeah. I think the, the def- defending with action command and just finding ways to stop your enemies from attacking it's you know it's important because yeah you can you can lose a good chunk of your health in like one go especially if you're fighting multiple enemies yeah yeah i think that that was always the hardest part for a thousand year door was uh uh the moon base part or like the little little x chromosome guys yeah yeah were they the, like that like fly around yeah you would hit them once and then they would attack and every time they did an attack they would pop out a little guy that made a like a circle around them and if you didn't take care of them fast enough they would have like three of them Mm -hmm. and next thing you know you're wasting turns trying to kill those guys so you can eventually hit the main guy and it's like whenever yeah whenever there's like multiples on a screen that's when it gets tough when like Mm -hmm. what is it cortez when you're fighting cortez on the boat all of his arms uh-huh. aren't they his like, arms yeah. but there's like there'll be like a sword and then a hook and then like another weapon that are like floating there and i think they count as like sharp things too so you can't jump on them like mm. unless you have like the spike protection badge or whatever right yeah spike shield yeah uh speaking of other rpgs that just got dropped on the switch also oh because there's like a nintendo direct yeah uh, Earthbound and mm-hmm. Earthbound Zero are now on the Switch, which is which is cool. Uh, Andrew actually texted me; he he scared the shit out of me because he was like, he's like, did did I hear the Mother Three is getting a localization? And I was like, what? <laughs> and then it turned out it was just Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings being released on the Switch. So uh, I mean, it was cool. Is it that's that's my great white whale i don't think i don't think mother three will ever get a localization Mm. which is a bummer but you know you can still play the translation for free online and i'd recommend uh i recommend everyone do so it's probably the saddest rpg i've ever played but uh (laughs) that's another game go ahead what is earthbound so the series is mother in japan they're called mother okay so in japan earthbound is called mother two okay Earth, Earthbound Beginnings for the NES is called Mother over in Japan. Okay. And that game got fully translated for the NES to come over to the United States, but I think by the time it, it, 
by the time like the NES was basically done with its life cycle, mm-hmm. they just they translated it, but they never bothered releasing it. So cartridges do exist of an English translation okay. of the game, but it doesn't. They never got commercially released over here. Okay. So when they they re-released it in like 2015 for the Wii U, they called it Earthbound Beginnings. Earth, okay. yeah, that's what they called it because because if they called it Mother. And then it's like, it, it's, they're like, well, what's Mother 2? What's it a sequel to? A game that never got released over here. Mm-hmm. So they called it Earthbound. So then Mother 3, obviously, for the Game Boy Advance. It was originally supposed to be for the N64. And there's like a bunch of videos of like the demo of it. And it kind of looks terrible. Oh, really? Like, I don't know. I think it, I think they wanted to do like the 64 disc drive with it too, just because it was such a big game that they wanted mm-hmm. to like add more RAM to it or whatever. But uh, this is a long digression. But anyway, if you've never played Earthbound, that's another RPG that mm-hmm. uh, is very good, but it's probably one of the hardest RPGs I've ever played. Mm. And it's it's one of those games that like, if you don't talk to every character in town, mm-hmm. you won't know where to go next. Because mm. sometimes it's like, oh, I heard that there's something in this location just out of town but if you don't talk to that character you don't get that important piece of information and then you're like well i don't know what to do next (laughs) you just kind of wander around i would say paper mario games are up there in like rpgs i don't know i'm not like a big rpg guy Mm -hmm. i guess it really depends on the game itself like i've never played a final fantasy game Mm. they don't particularly interest me i've also (laughs) i've never played a pokemon game before not because like i just don't want to it just never really like appealed to me mm-hmm. but like you know paper mario like thousand year door chrono trigger earthbound chrono mother Trigger's three like good. those games are all like oh i don't know i don't know what it is about them i think the music in all of them i think is a huge part which i've heard final fantasy music is good yeah final but fantasy like music is good but like the paper mario music for all those like little look i think i think mario games and nintendo games in particular are just those soundtracks are so stacked yeah they really are yeah um uh, there's a video I, I was gonna send it to you it's it's a bit heavy into like music theory stuff mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a video analyzing uh Errol's theme from wind waker mm, okay and how like they use it throughout to convey like okay the the scenes with her i don't know i thought yeah. it was really good I like and it was stuff. also just like further solidifying that like Wind Waker is probably the best Zelda game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I actually, when I, one of the times I was talking to James about uh, Paper Mario, I, I like brought up the Earthbound thing, and so I think we're, we're both going to try that out at some point. Cause, Hell yeah. Yeah, I've always, I've always wanted to, just never really had the, one of those just never really had the means or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say about Final Fantasy that, like, I think with me, too, it's, uh, I do the, like, every RPG that I've enjoyed, I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But then, like, if it just doesn't click with me, it just doesn't. Like, yeah. I haven't played every Final Fantasy game. Um, I mean, especially not 
in like any in the past like 10 15 years i i don't follow those at all really they just seem like so different to me yeah. um but also i don't have a playstation so. uh <laughs> but like to me my final fantasy games is like final fantasy 2 which is final fantasy 4 in japan uh-huh. um and then final fantasy tactics advance uh, i've heard those are good is that was that a game boy advance game yeah that one was yeah that's the only tactics one i played but oh my god i fucking love that game it's so good <laughs> that dude like getting that and i got that and metroid fusion like when i got my game boy advance mm-hmm. and those are like two like all-time games for me yeah yeah i might have to emulate that one unless it's is it on anything is it on the wii u which tactic or what are you talking about yeah tactics i think actually i think they both be, might be on the wii u and like the virtual console oh i don't know i never had a wii u so i yeah. don't really know anything about that well they're they're discontinuing the online store i don't know if you saw that i, saw, I did for the that, 3ds yeah. as well yeah which I'll, I'll make the obvious joke this is terrible news for the 12 wii u owners <laughs> <laughs> yeah they need- i got one but you know yeah they need to uh they need to like next year for the nintendo switch online plus thing they need to add game boy advance titles that's the next stage it's so obvious yeah well that was so huge with the wii u when they added game boy advance titles because uh i've never really played it before but like i got golden sun like i've heard that game is great golden sun is pretty and I was good. like yeah oh it's on it's on the wii u i can grab this now i can just play it if i want to i think final mm-hmm. fantasy tactics advance is on there as well oh yeah that's dope if it is yeah i would highly recommend that one because it's it's different than the other ones it's still an rpg where you you know level up and it's turn-based and mm-hmm. whatever but it's it's very different than mm-hmm. than your typical like final fantasy type game I, it's funny you mentioned pokemon like when i think of like in my brain I was trying to think of like RPG games that I like. I like didn't even, I don't even Pokemon is almost like its own thing, but it, it, I mean, it is clearly an RPG, but it's, it's it kind of, yeah, it's like turn-based, but it's not really you fighting. It's Pokemon fighting. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a different kind of RPG, but you know, you level up and it's it's got the elements there, but yeah. Yeah yeah uh if you got a switch you should get the nintendo plus or nintendo online thing and you get a bunch of great games <laughs> uh yeah i'm trying to like take advantage since i did get the the expansion pack thing like and just i'm i want to like play through all of the n64 ones like i think banjo kazooie is probably up next for that and then nice yoshi story maybe because i never played that one before um, yeah, Yoshi Story and is Kirby and the Crystal Shards on there? It might be getting added cuz they're like adding a new game each month. Gotcha. Um and they have like a short list for like the rest of the year or whatever and it might mm-hmm. be on there. Oh, okay. Um, cuz that's like yeah, that's like iconic. Like yeah. when I think N64. I wonder if Donkey Kong 64 is going to be on there. I guess if Banjo-Kazooie is, because that's technically rare, and rare is yeah, owned by Microsoft now, but maybe they have some sort of right. licensing agreement or something. Yeah, I didn't even really think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That those, That's another one that I really want to get into, because they, they have uh, the first, the Donkey Kong countries on 
Super Nintendo on that on the virtual console thingy too. Mm-hmm. And those are another series of games that I've always wanted to try out. Um, They're hard. Donkey Kong Country is what I've heard. <laughs> hard as dick. It is so hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Soundtrack, though, is out of this world. Yeah. Have you ever heard, have you heard Aquatic Ambience? Is that the name of a song on that? Like, yeah, one of the, the tracks. It's the underwater level. You know, I feel like I've seen, like, footage of it here and there. So, like, maybe I have. Maybe if He's, I like, riding a swordfish around. Okay. It might, maybe if, if I heard the song, I would... I would well, I'll, I'll screen it. share it. I'll screen share the song with you after this because it is, okay. like, maybe my favorite piece of music from, like, a game that I've never played that much. Oh, okay. It's okay. It's, it's so good. Uh, do you want to pull <laughs> from the cup? Uh, yeah, do we want to do that did you do we want to do the thing that i said did you hear that or, or oh do you have like the set ones that you wanted to do yeah if that sounds yeah i'm good with i'm good with whatever idea. okay um i i like the spread because uh okay i guess for the for the listeners um yeah i went to the comic-con last year and i had the idea to ask any of the celebrity guests that i met uh for a movie recommendation which was Mm -hmm. it was funny seeing all of them tense up when i was like i have a podcast and they're like (laughs) just waiting to be like oh i don't do that and i had so i immediately had to be like don't worry i'm not gonna ask you to be on it (laughs) um but i just kind of like gave them a breakdown and like had them uh recommend a movie so um and I really like the the variety I got. I think you have like some classics, mm-hmm. some one that I've never heard of, but I think there's also one of these that I would be very surprised if none of us if any of us haven't seen it. Like I'm assuming okay, all of us have seen one of the movies in particular. Uh the first one I wanted to do because I got uh two recommendations from Elijah Wood. Nice. Um, because he was the last one, last person we met, and I was like, okay, I want to get a good one, but we don't have any duds. We don't have a a dud. So I have uh, uh, both a good and uh, our dud pick. So since his is the dud is going to be at the end of the month, I'll start it with. We'll start and end it with Elijah Wood's picks. Okay. Okay. Um. So for next week, I forgot. I got to look up the. Uh, the year and director or whatever um uh, elijah wood has uh recommended uh harvey from 1950 directed by henry coster okay it's a, it's it's a jimmy stewart movie so oh hell yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i've only seen it once um so i'm i'm happy to see it again nice that's cool that we can even say there's like these are recommended from <laughs> yeah elijah wood i don't i don't know if, if we want to do that but i thought um for like the thumbnail for the episode instead of just like the normal logo just like have the picture of me with all the people or whatever i don't know if that'd be yeah like we could too definitely do whatever. that because i think i yeah. got a picture with yeah i got a picture with each of the people that nice. I did that's the, awesome. Things with, but yeah. So, uh, 
watch Harvey before next week if you don't want to be spoiled. Google, going off of Google and not my word doc, since that's obviously proven to be not uh, totally accurate. Google says you can rent it off of YouTube, Apple TV, Amazon. Uh, so you got a few options. Nice. Um, watch it if you don't want to be spoiled, blah, blah, blah. Um, we... Uh, do we usually do our socials first or we do our outro with our name thing but then socials too I don't know we're on all of them we're on we're on Apple Podcasts we're on Spotify we're on Stitcher I think we're on a bunch of other ones according to Anchor uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and what, what am I forgetting on Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, Instagram. We have Twitch, a TikTok. That, uh, yeah, yeah. I if you want to watch this, yeah. Um, this is a this is a very weird episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like it's We're the bouncing movie. bouncing all over the place. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the movie coupled with just there being two of us, and it's just it's yeah. weird how like. I can have a conversation with you normally like we did before yeah. when we started recording and then just started talking about work stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like for some reason, one-on-one podcast is just, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's a lot weirder. Yeah. <laughs> you think more about what you're saying. Cause it's like, this is going on the record. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. It might be it where in like when it's like three or four people you're like, Oh, you kind of get drowned out in the noise yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Some someone else can talk while I think of something funny to say or or whatever and then mm-hmm. this is just like you got to be more on the spot. Mhm. But yeah. Um And then do we am I making this up or do I usually say at the end of the episode like when these air? Do I usually say? <laughs> I'm forgetting. <laughs> Do I say that usually? Yeah, uh, we're on Twitch and YouTube. They premiere live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and they are also released in podcast form at 7 p.m. at the same time. So yeah, you'd, you'd have to go out of your way to not have us beamed into your screen. Yeah. I, do I say that every week? I think you do. <laughs> okay. If you don't, if you. If you if you don't I will okay I just mean, does somebody say that I'm like actually somebody. I can't think we just aired our last episode last night and I don't remember <laughs> um okay anyways uh I think we've completed all of our outro things except for the actual outro now yep and I actually am ready for it this time okay <laughs> uh I'm your real dad, <laughs> TJ, aka Spot Jack Cheese, and with oh, me as man. always. Uh, oh shit! As always, I am your uh, comically balloon-inflated baby head, <laughs> <laughs> Nick, aka Doctor Funk on Twitch, and that's it. There's no one else here. Yep, not even. Like, I'm not here. <laughs> We're not here. Travis Travis took a moral stand and decided that he was not going to spend any money on Jamie Kennedy, and 
I can't really fault him for that. I think that was the right decision. It we was. Should've just, we we should have just pretended we lost this one, too. Yeah. And just released uh, the audio's messed up. Sorry. I, we recorded the whole episode, but we were going into a tunnel, and the, the reception was bad, so... What if, yeah, but what if that actually happened now? Like that now we be did funny. do this because <laughs> my internet did, did go happen. out. My internet That's went out true. before we started recording, so it's like the universe is trying to tell us, like, no, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, bye. Okay, bye.